You are listening to The New Prisoners. A copy of each week's monologue and source list are available on our Minds page and Substack. Check out our video content on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble. For audio versions, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Anchor. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you find us, including YouTube. Join the conversation by leaving your comments on our Minds, Substack, BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble pages. You can follow The New Prisoners and The New Prisoner Number 6 on Instagram and at New Prisoner and the Number 6 on Twitter. If you would like to be a guest, please email The New Prisoner Number 6 at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. Now let's get on with the show. We live in a time where the influence of the world's villains can be felt everywhere. You used to have to live under a dictatorship to experience such subjugation. Everyone lives under the rule of these tyrants. They have taken over almost every country, every state, and every little town. Evil knows no jurisdiction. The vile creatures didn't accomplish this through the usual means of violence, but by controlling the public's perception. Instead of the fear of bullets and tanks, we are afraid of our neighbors and ourselves. Everyone is a threat. You can't trust your body because everyone is susceptible to the villain's weapon. You can't trust your own mind because you can no longer tell what is real. The news isn't news anymore. Our political establishments have been overtaken by the dark spell of fear. Even our neighborhood institutions, like our grocery stores, our schools, and our banks, have to fall in line with the rest of the Legion. We are reminded every day to keep our distance from one another. We are told what we can talk about, where we can go, what we have to inject into our bloodstreams and even how we're supposed to breathe. There isn't a moment of the day or place you can go where the pressure lets up. Not even in paradise. When we look back at the stories, books, and movies that predicted a dystopian future, we can see the similarities. Unbending draconian rulers a brainwashed public, strange rituals arbitrarily forced upon the populace, sickness, destruction, an unending black second that never passes. We are frozen in these awful moments for what seems like forever. Our old life, our old world seems like the fiction now. But in fiction, and in life, there have been heroes. 
those that stand up for good, to free themselves and others from the malevolence pressing down upon them. From the hypnosis on the TV to the psychosis in the streets, they fight it all for their lives, for their children, communities, and ancestors. Our heroes today sacrifice themselves to restore a world where their inalienable rights are recognized and so that freedom is our way of life again. These freedom fighters can be anyone. They could be little girls getting led out of their school in handcuffs for breathing in a forbidden way. They could be picnickers in front of restaurants that have been ordered to segregate their clientele from the unclean. They could be parents at their local school board, shoppers at a mall. They can be you. These fighters write letters, make phone calls, and shout through megaphones. They march, link arms, and sing songs. They change hearts and minds and make history. All without firing a single shot because they know violence isn't the answer. That blood only begats blood and begats blood. And the evil feeds off of that. Today on the show, I am proud to give you a real-life example of what a folk hero looks like. People whose stories will be told for generations to come. After we have defeated our villains. I can say this because after my conversation with them, I have never been more confident in the freedom movement. The new prisoners were looking for allies, and they got an army. Today, I introduce you to a new community, one that respects the value of liberty, of free speech, and bodily autonomy, a collective power derived from the spirit of the individual, one not intending on using force, but putting up force fields to protect our rights, our culture, and our future. When you hear what they have to say and see what they do, yes, you can borrow from their courage and weaponize it. Make it a weapon of light and good, one that drowns out the madness, one that awakens your neighbors, your friends, and even your family from this insidious spell. We are proud, free human beings. We are more powerful than we have been told that we are. We now have modern folk heroes who are willing to be the example to the malevolent establishment that we bend our knee no longer. We will gather. We will speak freely. We will breathe as we were meant to breathe. And when they see us all in unison, after they try to divide and conquer us, enslave us into their social credit system, they will know that they not only messed with the wrong women in these two, but in every prisoner, in every village. Okay, I'm number six. This is The New Prisoners. And today I'm joined by Jane Galuzzi. 
and Jessica Priya. Um, now these, Hi. oh yes. And, uh, ladies, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jane Galuzzi. I live on Oahu in Hawaii and I'm a freedom fighter with Priya. We are fighting these mass mandates. We think that they're unlawful and unjust and that's why we're here today. Uh, and aloha everybody. Uh, I am Priya Jessica and like Jane said, that's exactly what we're doing. And we are just super focused right now and so happy to be a part of this podcast and to share just a little bit of what we've been doing in our personal stories. Awesome. So just to kind of preface a little bit here, uh, this year at the New Prisoners, uh, we have um, a new goal, and that was to grow a community. And I've been able to, for the past several days, observe uh, what these two ladies have been able to do in building a community out in their home state of Hawaii and being able to take on very large institutions and uh, just be advocates for change and a change in the type of restrictions and the type of life that we've all been forced into uh, for the past several years now. And, uh, you know, for me, it was the type of thing where, you know, John Henry and I talk a lot of, on the show about politics and particularly about COVID and the COVID restrictions and vaccine mandates and a bunch of things like that. We've been searching for other like-minded, liberty-minded people uh, to reach out to, to have them on the show as guests. So uh, as soon as I was uh, sort of put in a position to have the opportunity to speak to someone uh, like Jane and Priya here, um, I jumped at the chance. So this is sort of like a, a last minute thing that we threw together, but uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to hearing what these ladies have to say. Uh, I am impressed with what they've done thus far, and I can't wait to see what they can accomplish out there. And um, uh, Jane, I'm just going to turn it over to you to kind of give us your story here about um, what's going on with Bank of Hawaii and the boycott uh, that you're a part of and everything. So um, if you want to let our listeners know, Jane, what's going on with all that? Yeah, thanks, Six. The whole boycott just it was like a mental ping when I was at Bank of Hawaii. It was like I was called to do this. You know, a lot of people have heard my story about my family lineage, where my great, 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 I think it's four greats, maybe more. Grandfather uh -huh. started Bank of Hawaii. And it's an ancestral thing for me where I don't think that my ancestors would appreciate the way that they're treating their customers. They're closing down bank accounts of people who are not willing to wear the mask and comply with this mandate, which is, again, unlawful. And a little bit more about my great, 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 great grandfather. You know, he took his money out of the bank because he wasn't happy with the service that he was getting. He put it in a wheelbarrow, according to the legend, and marched down the street demanding everyone or well, telling everyone that he was going to start his own bank. So in a way, I'm ceremoniously taking out my money because I don't agree with the banking and also because I'm being forced to by the bank. So the story goes that I was going to the bank to take my 91-year-old grandfather and we get there. And like I said, a mental ping happened where I was like, I'm just so done with the masks. It's 2022. No more masks. I'm done with this. And I've never believed in them the entire time. I've just been playing along like a character in a play. It doesn't go along with my ethos, my belief system. I believe that I'm healthy, whole, and complete, and I can take care of my body just fine without a mask. So I go into the bank and a security guard approaches me and asks me to, take, to put on a mask and says I cannot enter without one. 
And I'm right at the entryway of the bank. And I say, I'm not going to put on a mask. And they say that I need to go outside now. And so I moved outside because I won't put on a mask. I'm not allowed to be inside of the bank at all without one. My They tried to bring a chair outside so that my grandfather could sit outside. He refused. He ended up putting on a mask and going inside and doing his banking that way. They serviced me outside, bringing papers and different tellers. And I didn't really know what to do at that point because I hadn't been through the process that maybe Priya can outline a little bit more later. But I hadn't been through that process yet. This was my first time. So I actually called her on the phone and said, hey, what do I do here? And she sent me all of this affidavit information, all of my rights. And she said, just start reading these out loud. And so the managers were coming to me only for my banking information. They were acting like I was, you know, someone that was crazy and they didn't want to talk to me. So they were shutting the door in my face and I just started reading my rights out. And people were asking me what was going on. I said, you know, the bank is discriminating against me. I even had the security guard come outside and tell me that I was discriminating against him for using my cell phone to record him. (laughs) And Hawaii is a one party state, so you don't need anyone's consent to record anything. So just another example of how these people enforcing these rules really don't know what they're even enforcing. And it's up to us to know what's going on and advocate for our own rights because we're in an education process and we're educating them along the way. So ultimately, I ended up calling the police so that I could get a police report of the incident. I was serviced outside and I went home and I didn't really think much of it. I thought it was not right and I was pretty upset. And then a few days later, I got a letter in the mail that said that the Bank of Hawaii is closing my account and they're citing that I said things to the staff and employees that was making people feel uncomfortable. And then I also did a physical aggression, which I literally stood still the whole time. So I don't know how that's possible, but basically it's, you know, they're just trying to put it under some legal umbrella and they're saying that I was harassing their employees, but obviously they don't care that they harassed me initially, which spurred the whole situation. I ended up calling the police. So I feel like it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I did serve the CEO, Peter Ho, an affidavit, as well as the Kaneohe general manager, the branch manager, Kehao Lee. So that's where we're at right now. And I think Priya has some really cool stories about a few things that are going on there, too. I was going to say, like, just like with your comments there, I liked how you got into a bind and you were like, get me Jessica Priya. So that's a perfect introduction into Jessica's uh, side of the story, too. So, Jessica, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got involved in all this? Yeah. So, aloha, everyone. Jane, I mean, I'm right there with you in the struggle and, again, in this learning process. I loved everything you had to say. You're so well-spoken and you're speaking such truth. And we are in this education process. So how I kind of got started was the minute that I heard that um, if we did not comply if things got bad enough that Hawaii itself was going to mandate vaccines. My brain was spinning. Um, how anyone can conduct medical rape, and that is what I call it, because again, if it's against your will, you know your body, you can critically think for yourself, you have every right to then think for yourself and what gets put into your body. And every bone in my body was just like, you need to now be active. 
I have never been to a rally. I've never been to a protest ever in my life until then. And so this was right after that came out. And so I think I, I want to say for the last five months now, I have been, um, I just hit the ground hot and I got incredibly motivated and in how I could help put a stop to the madness. And that's really what this is. We need to end this madness. Um, it's completely illegal what's happening right now and what role I can play. So as I injected myself into all these groups and these activists and these freedom fighters, I started seeing what roles where I could excel at, who I could help. Um, and I wound up just joining one Facebook group called Hawaiian Patriot Business Alliance. And I canvassed 80 businesses within, I want to say, two days. And I realized I have nothing to give them other than a sign that says we don't discriminate and tell them why they shouldn't discriminate. And in this process, I realized my purpose is greater right now. I need to help these people, not just businesses, but people as well. So I injected myself even more, educated myself. And in this process, it's been a learning experience, but so many people don't realize how much is going on behind the scenes. Um, so many people say there are a few of us. No, there are many of us. And that's right now what we're trying to do is connect each other and educate each other. In the process, I have connected with Lavana Loma for forourrights.org in Hawaii, who actually has um, a lawsuit out. She will be here soon. That is going to be hap happening here on, in Honolulu. And I'm very excited about this. Um, and also um, Clean House Hawaii. They also have a lawsuit with the state as well. And I work closely with them. And I started educating myself. And through this education process, I realized there is nothing more important than knowing your own rights. Because these officers do not even know what they are kind of injecting or what they're trying to, in my opinion, um, they're just trying to dominate and trying to diffuse the situation, but they don't actually know what they're saying. They don't know the laws. They have been ordained and they are supposed to be serving the people, but they are failing the people in these acts. And so in this, I am learning constitutional law, common law by Pastor Junior, who is also an activist. And he is actually originated on Big Island. He's teaching us these affidavit classes. Now, an affidavit is just like a, a legal paperwork. But through these classes, we are getting educated on common law and our rights. And these are our constitutional rights. So I now carry with me business packets. I carry information. I'm constantly trying to educate people. And the best advice I can give is educate yourself. Become your own entity. You are we the people and you can actually give up who you are and you can then represent we the people in these moments and they can be incredibly powerful. So once you able like and that's why Jane, I was messaging her all this stuff, because when you actually have it on you, which we kind of look a little ridiculous as we carry packets with us. <laughs> but um, yeah, and we're like reading them out. But the truth is, if you learn them and if you reread them and if you say it with conviction. Yeah, you have so much power and not only that, but how to work with the police and how to speak to them and you will still get service. And so Jane had her experience. I have had many experiences with the police at this point. I have failed quite a few times and we all have to kind of get our feet wet. And so I teach people how to do massless shopping. Civil disobedience is the way we are going to win this war. 
Um, that's just bottom line. And again, I hate even using disobedience because again, it's this moral complex that we're having right now of enough is enough. And I carry with me all the risks that mass have. I have 89 studies. I have, um, court documents. I have how we've actually never isolated the strain. So therefore that makes all of this completely unconstitutional, null and void. And again, within these orders, I was shocked when I basically there was a request put out for who. Um, and then we we contacted DOH. We requested this papers and we found that they've actually never isolated the strain. They, they actually have the documents. They couldn't give us anything, which then in the clauses of these orders and mandates makes it null and void. And so these police officers really need to cease and desist and realize what they're doing are violating our rights. So with all of this, I am just a vessel in this movement and trying to be an advocate to help people. I have a partner I work with closely. His name is Ryan Luther, and he is kind of my shopping partner and also my partner in this movement. And we are teaching people basically how to do things or work up the guts to do things as well. Yeah. Um, and I can go through that process. And if you want to chime in or ask any questions, but we do take the time to help people, whether it's carrying um, water, having food in your mouth, um, just working your way up to eventually be massless and exercise your civil liberties. You know, it does cause harm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I, there's not enough 100 emojis uh, to put on what you just said there, uh, Priya. That that was awesome. Um, I just wanted to make a few comments to our audience and then uh, maybe move on to some questions or to, maybe to elaborate a little bit more on what you were, you and Jane were both talking about. But um, so we're, we're just getting over uh, the holidays here. And during this, this past holidays, I took in a film. It's an old one, but a good one. It's called A Wonderful Life. Have you ladies ever seen that movie? Yeah, I have. So the, hearing the story about Jane's fourth great grandfather founding this bank, it, it reminded me like that if that's the origin of the Bank of Hawaii, it, it reminds me a lot of that movie, movie because like the, the kind of neighborhood institution that you would want to support and believe in um, it is something that, you know, George Bailey ran. You know, if, if, if your fourth great grandfather was that kind of a stand up guy, to take a wheelbarrow full of money to go start up another bank and just make it happen for the community. Like the, to, to, to sort of take that legacy and do with it now what this, I don't know, there, there's so many terms for it. You could call it mass formation psychosis. You could call it spirit of the age. Um, I call it the COVID legion. <laughs> there, there's so many different things you could, you could call it, but whatever label you want to slap on it. Like imagine if George Bailey, you know, the guy that ran the good bank in the movie, it's a wonderful life forced his customers to wear a mask that restricts their breathing, harms the disabled and children and ruins the environment because Mr. Potter, the bad banker, the bad guy in the movie told him to. Like what kind of movie would that have been? <laughs> they would be livid. I mean, I think it's ancestral healing in my opinion, because my family, my ancestors, they don't want my money in the bank anymore. So they put me in this position to share this story for the people and have this call to action. 
I mean, I'm asking everyone, if you are willing and able to pull your money out of Bank of Hawaii, call them, tell them you don't stand for harassment, you don't stand for discrimination, and you're, you know, afraid because now that I've shared my story, I'm getting messages of people saying, wow, this happened to me six months ago. This happened to me a year ago. So this has been going on and people haven't even been aware of it because we haven't been organized. And that's what we're doing. We're getting organized. We need people to call the bank and complain. We've even had phone numbers change because we've been calling them so much. Our efforts are getting noticed and we want change. We've had signs taken down that say wear a mask. They've taken those signs down and we're having groups organizing. We'll be picketing certain banks. So that's something you can look forward to if you're willing and able. And even people that don't even live on Oahu on Hawaii, they can call this bank and say, I'm thinking about starting an account here. And now I don't want to because I heard that you guys discriminate. And that's really uncomfortable for me. And that's admirable. I mean, that's the kind of thing where it's just I, for me and, and the people that listen to this show. I mean, most of us that have found our way here, if you if you're rather just starting to realize it or if you've been on that train since this all began in sort of March of 2020, um, we know now that the masks are made with like slave labor in horrible conditions. Uh, we know that the quality of material and the things that they're made with too, like you don't know exactly what you're breathing in and the quality of mm -hmm. the material that you're breathing in. And then also they're just, they've, they've done studies like Jessica mentioned. There's, there's been studies where parents have sent in their children's masks and they found no COVID on the masks, but they did find a shit ton of bacteria you know, yeah. and, and streptococcus and a bunch of other things that you don't want to mess with that you that should be falling out of your mouth and going away and not not being trapped up against your face. And, and for me, like what, what Jessica brought up there about this being a, a form of, of it, it is it, it's a psychological and physical form of aggression on you. You know, the, the, the rape term, I, if you want to call it that, I mean, I, that that is as close to the, it, it that you can get without the actual term happening. Right. I mean, is there is there any other way yeah. that you can lose your bodily autonomy more than being forced into wearing, you know, it's it's like if they asked everybody that's disabled uh, the coming into the bank to hop 10 times on a pogo stick, would that be fair? <laughs> you know, like sending somebody in. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I probably couldn't do 10 what you're on a saying, pogo stick. <laughs> we could talk about actually like autism, too. Um, I have now called around nine different banks and spoken to two legal teams about this. And I will tell you, it's the same rhetoric, it's the same rhetoric I hear from police. This is, I mean, you just start hearing the same thing. And it's like, I don't even want to hear you speak anymore because I'm going to educate you now. And that's kind of where I'm at is I hear you. You're a machine. You don't know what I'm actually talking about. You don't know my rights and you don't know what you're violating. So I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to let you speak. I'm going to be respectful. But after I give you so much time, I'm going to say, no, 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 no. And that's kind of the rhetoric that we try and do with police too a lot because we want to give them the chance to speak. But then when they only have so much time of repeating themselves that I've heard it all before. And so now with these banks, I'm blown away. And there's a couple of key things I kind of want to bring up when it comes to that. Um, I hear stories all the time and that is kind of my driving force. And be, when you put yourself out there to be an outlet and be an advocate for people, um, or shop with people or give people information. The issue is, is even within these orders, these illegal mandates, whatever the case may be, 
they talk about who should be exempt um, and exemptions need to be recognized. Now we have uh, basic security guards who are now thinking that they're doctors and can tell people that they need to put on masks. That is without of their uh, job description and they are not qualified to do so. And that's offense. That's an actual legal offense. And so I have one friend who has an autistic child who's an adult. I also have friends who have autistic children. We avoid so much, not just them, but we as people um, avoid going to so many places because we worry about the discrimination, the anxiety, um, the segregation. What's it going to be like today? You just never know. And I will tell you the horror stories that it comes with the special needs is on a greater scale and the lack of humanity it is beyond disappointing and disheartening. And when you hear these stories, that's that's a driving force for me. My heart just breaks because um, they're getting harassed, they're getting segregated against, and these parents are like, I don't even wanna bring my child with me, although they can't leave them always alone, right? And they're getting pretty much segregated against, and then their children go into freakout mode because people forget there's all different levels. And even if you see someone that looks completely normal, you don't know what medical history they have. You don't know their religious background. You know nothing. So for them to discriminate and they don't see it as that. And that is what's mind blowing to me. And again, why we talk about mass safety and why we talk about studies that go back to the 1950s. This is nothing new. That's why I even talk to officers. And when I'm like, you're wearing a plastic mask right now, read the box that you just got that on. It doesn't <laughs> protect you from the virus. It literally states on the box, who is living the lie? Who is yeah. living the lie? And that's kind of where I'm at right now of, um, I get it. So where's your fitted N95? You know what? I'm sorry. Even my friend who's an ex Navy SEAL, who is a medic, he is pro-vaccine to the core. He has injected so many vaccines throughout his entire life. And people want to label us anti-vaccine. And this man is a perfect example of saying, I am not getting this shot because it is not a vaccine. And we need to be aware of this. And if red flags are going with an ex-Navy SEAL and over 100 Navy SEALs that actually refuse to get this shot, we need to start really looking into that along with the mask wearing. He talks about that too. He's like, when I was dealing with certain injections, I had to wear all sorts of getup that was fitted on me, everything. Yet, here we are talking about how deadly this virus is in these masks. Yet, um, what is it called? The little boxes that you're supposed to dispose, the biohazard boxes, right? Why are those <laughs> not everywhere? Why are they not everywhere? If this is so deadly, because what I'm also finding is the trash. And this is something that I kind of actually, I do have paperwork on and I do show people because I am livid. We work so hard as an island to get rid of plastic bags. And now our new plastic bags are these masks. Yep. And I cannot believe it. So 450 years it takes for these things to be disposed of, to biodegrade, right? And the amount of trash that is being collected and what I'm finding in the oceans and what I'm finding on the ground these masks and it blows my mind. I'm so disappointed in society and as people as a whole, when we work so hard to ban one thing and then now we have another problem. Um, there's just so many issues that come with the mask and I'm just gonna read just a few and it decreases oxygen intake. 
It increases toxin inhalation. It shuts down the immune system. It increases virus risk. Scientifically inaccurate. That's the other thing they do not talk about enough. And then the effectiveness is not studied. And only the studies that have come out, people need to really look at who's funding them. I'm all about studies. I'm all about research. I love it. But has anyone actually looked at who's funding that study? Because that's a major issue right now. And so that's a dilemma I have as well, because people talk about misinformation and I'm just like, okay. And then they'll send me something when I give a rebuttal. And I'm like, do you see who funded that? I mean, I've just in the last three days, it has been Bill and Melinda Gates who has funded these studies. Are you serious right now? And so no one's really looking at that. And those are things that I try and talk to people because just because people are coming out with these studies doesn't mean that it makes it accurate or scientific. We're basing it off science. It's based off money. It's based off manipulation. And those things are cherry picked. And we need to really analyze these studies a lot more and be definitely well aware. And so these are things that we want to educate people on. Again, the education process is everything. And as you mentioned before, you talked about a certain group. And I know I want to give someone else another shot in just a second. But real quickly, that's actually who we're trying to educate right now. Not the 30% that are in this um, psychosis. We Mm -hmm. are trying to educate the 40% that are kind of following the that are indecisive. They're going with it because everyone's going with it. And the trend here is everyone's going with it. That's why you see people outside wearing a mask. That's not how you get sick. I'm sorry. You have to cough. You have to sneeze. Like we need to talk about this. And when I see these parents and when I see these kids outside playing for hours outside playing with their friends, that's child abuse. Yep. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I, I just want to chime in, you know, you're talking about the efficacy of the masks and, you know, I'm a hypnotherapist. So I work a lot with the subconscious mind. And now the rhetoric on the news is that the masks, the cloth masks that your grandma made are not effective. And now you need to switch to the N95 mask and that's why they're not working. And so it's just like, you know, one thing after the n- another and there's, you know, I'm doing, I'm reading this book that I can't even say the name because it'd probably be censored, but it's about torture and it's how oh, you they, can say it here. I, you can say it here. <laughs> oh, okay. It's uh, it's about Satanistic ritual abuse in children. And the way that they mind control these children is horrific. But I'll just give a very short story about it. But they put them in these situations where they're at the brink of death. So, you know, the the person, the adult puts this child in a situation where they're at the brink of death and then they rescue them. And they do that over and over and over. And it creates this situation where the child sees them as their savior, but they're also super scared of them because they're keep, they keep on terrifying them. But they become dependent on them because of that savior aspect. And I kind of see this a little bit in the way that the news is continuing to terrify people by saying, you know, Omicron is out here, this, that, the other thing. Oh, but now we have a solution for you. So it's going to be totally fine. We're also your savior. And this is a mind control technique that's used in satanic ritual abuse. It's not healthy. And it's very hard if you look at it from a psychology perspective, it's very hard to break that conditioning. So like Priya said, we're focused on the 40% that are not so conditioned and have a little bit of a, hey, why am I getting a fourth shot? You know, why, what is this? This seems weird. And we're trying to go for that group right now because we know that the mental conditioning is so hard to break. Yeah, you were you were right on with that. And oh man, 
there is so much that I could get into just comment wise on what both of you just said. Um, I just, I, I had to make some notes here just to get back into it before I go any further though. Like I am really intrigued by the book that you're reading because we've talked about John Henry and I, um, a, a few different episodes about, well, we, we sort of have a game now. We, we call it six degrees to pedophilia because it seems like you could find any major like sports star or Hollywood star or particularly politician, and it doesn't take very much to connect them back into some sort of satanic pedophile cult like Jeffrey Epstein or anything else like that. Uh, I'm kind of being facetious, but really not. Um, and then the other thing is, is that um, being into psychology and hypnotherapy and everything, what do you know about MK Ultra? Have you ever have you ever researched anything like that in, in your life? Yeah, I am very interested in mind control and MK Ultra. I mean, all those things have been released, and I think it's hilarious. Even in the Satanic Ritual Abuse book that was written, you know, I have to check, but years and years ago, they're like, "Oh, we're so glad we're having this conference to put together these ideas because no one believes in Satanic Ritual Abuse. No one believes it's real," and it's like this constant fight of showing people that there are agendas behind the scenes. And that's the exact same thing with this mask thing, mask thing with the vaccines. It's like, there are agendas playing out behind the scenes that don't have our best interests at heart. And if you could just believe it and open your eyes to that, you could help these children who have been suffering from this ritual abuse heal. You could help us take off the masks and breathe and move on with our lives. Oh, that's perfect. And and the reason why, too, just to go back to what I was saying before about the, the evil banker, Mr. Potter, uh, from It's a Wonderful Life, is that, and I'm glad you brought up that we must never forget who is behind all this. Like, what what is really the driving force is behind on this and how they're putting us into what I believe is something like a forced monoculture. And they're, they're trying to censor and control us. Um, all, all this talk about stakeholder capitalism and build back better and the great reset. They're just, just different brand names for corporatism or, or fascism really. And I, and I wonder like, and I'm not sure of their status on this, but I wonder if bank of Hawaii hasn't what's called an ESG score. And the E stands for environmental S stands for social and G stands for governmental. It, it's a, it's an idea that stakeholder capitalists like large banks and companies like this would be able to take control over our environmental resources, our social culture, and then our government as well. And when you were talking about dealing with, uh, Priya, when you were talking about dealing with the people like the police and how they're basically in NPC mode where they just give you like ellipses when you try and like you give them a response, but they don't know how to respond. You know, they just, yes, they just glitch out. <laughs> but yeah, um, you can see it on their faces. It's, it's shocking. <laughs> Now, how do you keep this? This is the thing that I, I think I need a little bit of a work on because uh, I, I started the podcast sort of to help vent a little bit, too, because I think it's healthy to be able to talk these things out and especially to talk with other like minded people about them. But like, how do you keep yourself centered? Do you like meditate? Do you, do you kickbox? Like, how, how do you how do you maintain yourself in those situations? Like with especially with police and everything where things can get so crazy so fast for no reason. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jane, do you want to talk on that? Because I can uh -oh. say a few things, but uh, we're all working on that. That's been one of the lessons <laughs> we're all talking about, just how you have to be calm because there's videos recording you and everything is against you. 
the serenity that you keep is your biggest strength and it's so hard to cultivate. We're all working on being better at that. Okay. No, very well. And uh, so for, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, please. Oh, okay. So for me, like exactly what she's saying, I'm still working on my balance. So I have my own business and I am so dedicated to this movement and I get so caught up in helping people and responding and, um, even today I tallied because I, I was having a moment where I actually need some help. I can't do it all by myself and I don't do it all by myself, but you take on a lot when you kind of become more of a face that puts themselves out there. Right. And I'm doing that. And as things go viral and as your name kind of gets spread amongst the freedom, like friendly people and all of this, and then even more, you have people from the mainland all of a sudden seeing you and they're like, Hey, I think I saw you. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Yes. So you kind of get this pressure and I do feel this pressure and being an empath and being someone I'm a body worker as well. Um, it's, it can be a lot of energy and how I have to space it. And I still have my moments where I put my business on the back burner because to me, there is no greater threat on society, the human race, this entire planet, then right here, right now, you spoke of, you know, the great reset, you spoke of, you know, the new world order. I don't say those things on uh, social media because I know that's going to get me shut down immediately, point blank. So I always say there's always a greater agenda. Um, And that's the the key phrase I use. And we can go into, because when I started learning about agenda 21 and then you know, agenda 30. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, like it can get so deep and so dark. And then on top of it, when you're facing the police, I will tell you, um, this is why. So Ryan Luther and I, that's why we decided to start shopping together. And this is why camaraderie and making friends within this movement are so important that you are not alone. So when you do these things, that you do have a support system because it exhausts you. I'm going to be totally honest. It's exhausting. I get anxiety almost every single time I go to a store. Even if it's a store, I know I can shop in. Um, I know most of the time certain ones will respect me 100%, no questions asked. They won't even say anything to me. Then there's certain ones who will. And even though within their policies, they need to leave me alone. And I, it's just, it it can be so exhausting that I need at least three to four days to kind of recharge. So I do believe in vitamin C. We are on the islands. I love the ocean. I think that's super important. Vitamin D, which is also encouraged also to fight off any illnesses as well. Vitamin D is critical, getting that sun. And also just having that time away from always this talk. Because what I'm finding is, that people in like this movement too, we're so focused on this all the time that that is, that's all we seem to talk about, that we need to create other escapes. So whether it be that yoga class, whether it be that kickboxing class, whether it be someone working on you and you getting a massage or um, that meditation, I just, whatever you need to do for you that you find to be successful or spending that one hour with that friend and laughing or watching something silly and more comedic. Um, or again, I just feel like we need to, that is, that's the ultimate right now. 
because what's happening right now is it's bringing us down and it brings our energy level down and we need to replenish it. So how do we replenish it? And I will say, I do feel really blessed with my circle. And I do feel like everyone needs to kind of create their own circles, but also start talking to one another. Like, how are you today? Like check in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just check in with everyone. Cause you don't even know what people's struggles are. I I'm everyone sees me as so strong and I've even, I've had moment of, uh, what was happening with Australia. I had a bit of a moment and I was like, I don't know what to do to help them. And I felt very helpless. And, um, I, I went live and I, I spoke out and I had someone who's in the movement really say something to me. It's like, why are you showing weakness? What happened to this lioness? And I'm like, well, I'm human and it's okay <laughs> to also have moments of low times and to feel a bit defeated or to feel a little hurt. But the point is, is that's, that's minimal in the greater skill. It's okay to have feelings about stuff, but it's so important to be like, that's minor. I'm going to do what I need to do to bounce back. But we, we, again, in this movement need to understand that we all go through emotions and, um, I could show the strength and, Again, I always like to say that we are a lion amongst the sheep, but at the same time, speaking to these officers, you guys, it is exhausting. So and it exhausting. can be 50, yeah, it could be 15 minutes to 45 minutes. You just never know. Um, and we try not to take up their time. But the whole Ross incident, what was crazy, people want to talk about videotaping and everything. I strongly encourage you always go with someone to help build your strength. I strongly encourage everyone to record not necessarily with your phone out, like blatantly recording. I'm just talking about having it recording. So then that way, if they try to, what they're going to always say, put on a mask, you're going to say, no, no, thank you. Some people feel more comfortable saying I'm exempt. You can say you're exempt. That's fine. I try not to, because I'm fighting against a bigger, like on a greater skill. So I don't even want the exemption to be an excuse. So then a staff member can say whatever they can harass me, follow me around and be like, you know what, if you still have a problem, you can get your manager. I grab product immediately, put it in my bag. Next thing you know, then you have, um, you know, manager coming up to you. You speak to the manager. You always try and be cool, calm, collected, but this is, this takes practice. And this is why I always tell people to get their feet wet a bit, you know, put yourselves out there, practice civil disobedience. It's okay. If you wind up leaving the store, if you wind up putting on your mask, whatever you need to do to be comfortable, but start the process and see kind of what happens because every experience is so different. And that's why mentally prepping is so important. And that can be the exhausting part because you just never know. Like you can go in and it's like, oh, wow, that was nothing. That was great. That's awesome. And then you could tell someone else, well, I went here and it was great. But then someone else is working and yeah. then you get treated differently. So Jane had her experience and I have actually been serviced two times within BOH, which is, that's why I was so infuriated. When I read my rights, I was actually serviced inside, not once, but twice. And they took me into a room another time. And this is something I'm trying to tell banks. I spoke to a bank today and I'm going to tell you guys, I was fascinated. I had such, it was, it was amazing. I was like, wow, you were the first out of nine banks I've called that actually show uh, a good head on your shoulders and respect for people in the sense that you agree we're being discriminated and segregated against. She even said, I was shocked. Um, I didn't even think about this, but we should not be serviced outside, not just because it's segregation, but it's unsafe. How many times have we talked yeah. about- You don't uh, want to yeah. get money in the street? What? 
Yeah. Yeah. And when they see a transaction where you're pulling money out or they're doing something and you, people are giving you an envelope, people could be scouting you. And then you might get harassed outside. You might get mugged. Exactly. The safety even behind it. Um, and these banks don't think about that. There was only one bank that actually thought about that out of nine. And my brain was just like, holy cow. I was so glad she said that. But the other part is, is again, how we walk in, how you don't know my religious beliefs. You also don't know what medical conditions I have. Um, and these are just things that we're just trying to educate people because again, they don't have the right to tell you to do any of these things. And these cops that come in, because that's what's going to happen next. Security calls the cops and then you got to talk to them. And you're just like, oh, here we go. You don't always expect it. It can be a surprise. It's mostly security are cowards. Um, they are weak. They are young. They are uneducated themselves. And they are contracted and they're barely paid. But they're mostly teenagers um, or kids. And it's like, and then they're forced to do this or they get all uh this ego trip. Right. And I mean, it's just, it's shocking. And those are the times that we need to really lay it down. And when we have the police that we are able to then speak to the police that they leave or push back, that we are still able to shop or um, still able to be serviced, or even with the manager at BOH that still service me, but in a separate room that is exuding your right. And other people see that. And that is what we're trying to do is show we can exercise our rights and still get service. Um, and then you got to go into customers. You never know what a customer is going to say. Yeah. Customer, yeah. So I've had, I've had my fair share. I don't know about you, Jane, but I definitely have. I've been harassed by actually an over 65 year old woman who came at me, who called the police on me. And I was oh, like, no. still service. Oh yeah. No joke. Who still serviced inside this um, place. They, in kind of the best part to you guys, a little uh, thing, if they do service you, you usually get service first. You get to skip the lines. You get to do whatever. And it's like, yeah, me. Um, and that's exactly what happened. I grabbed my product. I was like, if you have a problem, you can call the police. I'm going to keep shopping. Grab my product. Then the manager came over and was like, you know what? I'm going to just check you out right here. And then I had a woman come up during my checkout saying, I don't think you should do that. And I'm like, oh, who are you? And oh, do you work here? No. Oh, Okay. And started saying, well, I'm going to call the police. I was like, please do, please do, because I'm not breaking any law. And this manager is still servicing me. So clearly you are out of line. And then those are the times where you have to be careful because customers start getting the guts and can tag team on you and say things to you. So what I also, that's why I tell people to go in groups sometimes or with someone because I was alone, but I'm used to shopping a little bit more um, by myself and exercising my rights. But I was like, gladly call the cops. I kept my cool. It wasn't a gained up thing, but I have been followed out of a store before um, by this really big guy. There was a group of three people who started screaming at me inside a store. And I was like, they still service me. I still was able to go out. But again, I started getting followed out. So there's a huge part about recording and saying, stop harassing me because I can call the cops on you now for harassing me. And that's why we yeah. say record to have the evidence and proof because Right now, you guys, everyone feels so entitled, like they know everything that they can just lay it down. No, we need to put them in their place too. And you need to stand up for yourself and your rights. And that's why I told Jane, Jane got her ass outside of the store, right? Jane, you want to tell that story? Uh, oh my gosh. I've, I actually have a couple stories where I've been harassed and it's <laughs> exactly what you said. It's when I'm alone and they gang up on you and they get courage in their numbers. And 
they don't really look at you at a per- as a person. They look at you as someone who's literally trying to kill them. They're scared of you. They say, I'm worried. I'm concerned that you're not wearing a mask. I don't want to catch what you have. They say, it's been two years. Get it together. Put on the mask. They don't care if you have any medical exemption. They don't ever ask if you have any type of religious exemption. They don't care about any of that stuff. It's literally about them and their safety. And they tell you that you're being selfish, that you don't care about others. And it's so ironic because they don't even care about what's going on in your mind. But like Priya said, you know, they start taking out their cameras and filming you. But once you say, please stop harassing me, that is a trigger word. And they start putting down their phones and they start walking away. So you got to know these key words so that these people aren't able to gang up on you and really corner you. I mean, that's very good advice that you all are given. There's so many great points that you all have made. Uh, I'm going to try and get back to some of them here with some comments. Um, The first one is, is that uh, I believe uh, Priya, it was you that brought up uh, what I believe is called Rivers Postulus, which is what they have to affirm. Uh, It's, it's basically, there's, there's two, there's, there's Koch's Postulus, which I believe is with bacteria and then with viruses, it's rivers postulus. So that's where they isolate the virus and prove that it actually exists and everything. And uh, there's another channel that I'm uh, quite a fan of called The Last American Vagabond. And the uh, host there, Ryan Christian, has talked about this a lot and he's even posted news clips where they had on a uh, Chinese uh, scientist that was involved in the efforts over there uh, to combat COVID-19. And he made a claim that they never isolated the virus. You can actually watch the the clip over and over again. And if you look up uh, T-Lav or Last American Vagabond, um, he is an excellent, excellent source of information about all this. And that's actually where I got this next little piece of business uh, I wanted to bring up with you all. And uh, um, Jane, you might be familiar with it with your background in psychology, too. It's called Biderman's Chart of Coercion. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of it before, but it's basically like it's it's how people stay within abusive relationships and like what you all experience with, you know, the brainwash to the MPCs, whatever you want to call them out in the real world there that start messing with you uh, for not wearing a mask or something silly like that. Like the the steps in the chart of coercion here, Jane, I'll, I should be able to send this to you, actually, but um, the methods they go down it, and just to go down the list of them. The first one is isolation. The second one is monopolization of perception. The third being humiliation and degradation. The fourth is exhaustion. Fifth is threats. Six is occasional indulgences. And then demonstrating omnipotence. And then finally forcing trivial demands. And I don't know what's that. I mean, we, we, could, we could talk about how we're basically have reached all of those stages at this point in our society. Um, by being forced into these situations, but I'm going to send that to you, Jane, real quick, but, um, it's just something, I don't know if you'd want to comment on because like nail on the head, that's exactly what they've been doing to us. We all were isolated in the beginning and then they got to put their views out there and into our minds and just kind of plant that seed. And some of us have been able to weed that seed out because maybe it was originally planted. I mean, there was a time where I was worried about COVID and thought this was something that I should be concerned about. And then I went outside and I explored the city around me and realized everything was a little bit exaggerated. And that was when my seed started coming out and I was able to put in my own thoughts. But some people, 
you know, a lot of these people that are attacking us, telling us that we're killing them by just breathing oxygen are older. And I assume that they're pretty isolated and they don't have a lot of social interaction like we do. So there is something to be said about my heart going out to these people where I just imagine them watching the news all day and really being afraid. And my heart goes out to them. And that was one thing I wanted to say. I had an altercation with two older women and they were just going after me. And I, why are these old ladies coming after you like that? Come on now, (laughs) man. It's actually very more common than you think. Wow. Yeah. And I guess old ladies just don't care no the more. <laughs> They're just like, hey, here, hold my wig. I'm going to beat this. Bitch. You know, like, <laughs> like, I haven't had that yet, but who knows? Wow. Uh, but, you know, I just I kind of flipped a switch instead of trying to talk to them about how I do care about people and this, that. I just started giving them love and I said, my heart goes out to you. You know, I give you love. I, I'm, I hope you feel better. I, I don't want you to be afraid. And they just walked away. It was so weird. It was like feeding the dragon love is the kryptonite and they will just go away. Oh my gosh. I'm going to chime in really quick, Jane, because I just love what you said right now, because that is the place that we need to come from. When we are fighting an evil force, when we are fighting such ugliness, anger, fear, fear, we have to come from a place of love. Um, and we talked about books. So I'm reading a book right now, um, Perceptions of the Renegade Mind. And I am so engulfed in this place because that is the place I'm trying to come from when speaking to people is this place of love. Um, when you go to rallies, when you go to certain things, there's always going to be someone who is going to serve you hate or um, come at you. I have been physically assaulted. I've had a whistle blown out of my mouth. I've been chest bumped three times. Like I put my hands up. I'm always, I'm nonviolent. Like, however it may be, it's interesting how you get it from the other side. And you know what I say? I love you. I wish you the best. Bless you. Like that's all we can do. Especially people who believe in things so much so that they're coming at a place that they want to verbally assault you or I mean, I don't know what's wrong with people that they think that they can tell you what to do, but that's like a huge dilemma I have. But again, it's just taking it back and seeing them. I try and do this is like see them as children and that they have been brainwashed and they are watching this television and they listen to the politicians and are so in belief of what they're saying. And I had this altercation actually with a family member when I went home for the holidays And it was not pretty. As a matter of fact, it was a very ugly um, verbal kind of battle. And I kept my cool. I kept my cool. But with family, you find yourself a little more triggered than you do with strangers. And I was like, wow, this is how you really see me. Like, this is what you really think. And this person watches TV and the news religiously, always has it on, and is an educator, a college professor. So I understand what they are teaching and I understand what they are pushing. And I do my best to not watch these, watch these things or take in too much, but you still have to know what to say in response. Right. Oh, yeah. um, and, and be I empathetic too. Own. And that, that's something oh, both of right? you have brought up is just like how to understand. Cause it, it to me, it affects every bit of social strata, mm-hmm. every profession, every, every level of education, like it, it gets everybody. I've met nurses that are just out of their minds. Like you have to get the vax or it's the vent. It, it's a vaccine or the ventilator. That's the, that's the false dichotomy that I believe in that the news tells me. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's interesting that you say that because um, that is actually when I first started going about things, I was, I'm, I love researching and researching was kind of my jam. And that's I where tell. I just spent my time just reading. <laughs> and I was like, wow, why is no one talking about early treatment? You know, we have this Western medicine, but we are literally taking things off the market and threatening people with their licenses, giving medical exemptions that should be given. I had one mother who her child had a vaccine reaction. She asked for a medical uh, exemption from that same doctor. He said, oh, well, you know, that was a different vaccine. No, 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 no. And I read the letter and I was horrified by what these medical practitioners are doing. And I will tell you, what you hear if you have an actual relationship with them is that they are in fear that their license are going to be revoked. And I'm going to tell you that there is early treatment out there and we are not giving it. And everyone wants to see the vaccine as the only answer when it has been proven time and time again, it is not the answer. And it is absolutely not the only answer. And we have 35% of other countries, including Japan, even that have been using early treatment and majority are just vitamins. You beat me to it. Me. You beat me yeah, to it. I was just about to say Japan does ivermectin. All of a sudden their, their numbers yeah. just sky, just go from the sky down to the, like below the ground. Oh, how in the absolutely. hell does that India. happen? And India is Utter a great Pradesh, example yeah. as well. Damn, you, yeah, you know so, your research, girl. I mean, you go on. Yeah, I'm not even going to so, say that. <laughs> I mean, and if anyone needs any says, let me know. Cause if it comes to ivermectin, that's one that I have tons on because People are like, oh, it's not proven. I'm like, actually, if you look at ivermectin as a whole, it is considered the miracle drug. It comes from Japan. It came from the soil. It is natural. It is actually the guy who created this won a Nobel Peace Prize, you guys. Like, I don't know how to get it through everyone's head. And everyone's like, the media. I knew right away because everyone could talk, kept talking about this horse stuff. And I was like, what is going on? Who's talking about horse? What are we taking here? I don't even know what they're talking about. But I will say, when they talk about the horse case, people are so silly. So I just find it so ironic that if you actually look up the ingredients, they are pretty much the same thing, but it's all about body weight, right? Yes, absolutely. And so the lack of education when it comes to this and saying, I'm not taking horse medicine. Well, no one's saying that you do, but it, can we just get a prescription for the human form? Is that even possible? And India was once upon a time shipping things out here and it was being accepted. And now they have put blocks. The U.S. has put blocks on these shipments. And you want to know why people are going to horse paces? Because we are denying medical care practitioners along with everyday people from just getting basic medicine that we know has been proven to help. And I'm sorry, but we have to come to a point in time where why do they want us to be sick? And then we need to look at these funds because Hawaii, you know, I was blown away when I looked at the numbers, $301,000 for every COVID patient. And this came out in 2020 that every single COVID patient that they admitted they were getting that much money back in. So I'm originally from Arizona and I will say I've been out here around 11 years and I was, I, I was like, oh, I wonder what they get in Arizona. Well, I found out that they get like around like 21,000 is way cheaper. And every state is so different based on their population and the beds. And you want to know why they're keeping us in these emergency orders is as well for funding. And funding is everything. And what I need to tell people 100% is follow the money. You don't want to believe me. That's fine. But follow the money. And uh, when we talked about the banks, you want to know why Hawaii has its own banking system as a whole. Follow that. Um, I, I just want to put that out there. So the Vanguard family, 
um, out here. We need to be aware of who is funneling a lot of this money because why is it so separate from mainland? Why don't you see mainland banks out here? Who really controls this? And then who right now is buying out all our properties? And when we talk about a communist state, um, China left and right is buying out these properties. I mean, even Uncle Google asked who owns uh, Hawaii and it'll say China. It's so weird, but I'm like, wow, okay, Uncle Google, you got that even. Um, but it, <laughs> it, it blows my mind. And we need to start raising awareness in this of who is buying, like buying up these properties. And that is why it's so hard to find a legitimate bank out here as a whole, because they run this state. They, it's this whole different kind of group. And we need to be talking about that more and raising awareness. And that's kind of, again, when it comes to the education and just giving people those uh, tools and where to research and where to go. So then that way they can learn more about where their money is going and why the state is so different than everywhere else. Why now are we requiring a third, like the, you know, a booster to even be considered allowed to visit here? Uh, I was yeah, going to say that, that that kind of stuff that you're talking about, not only is it, uh, we, we've had several episodes of the show now talking about all the various aspects of what you just brought up. Um, the first one with the denial of early treatment, we call that state-sponsored malpractice because that's basically what it is. Uh, there was a recent article that I tagged a few weeks ago in, in, in our source list here uh, called Biden's Bounty on Your Life. And it goes over uh, step pretty much step by step, like every single thing that a, a hospital system gets paid for, uh, for COVID cases from the diagnoses to the treatment, to the remdesivir, to the ventilator. It goes through all of it, Which including your deaths. Yeah, I tell absolutely. people, stay away from the hospitals. Just don't go. It's so perverse. Let's ride it out together. <laughs> the incentives are so perverse. And then the people, like you mentioned before too, the healthcare work. I mean, they sign non-disclosure agreements. They they sign NDAs to 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 not share information about anything. Or and and God help you if you're in a health system and you try and stand up against the system with from with, within it, because they'll just they'll smear you. They'll come after your career. They'll come after your. I mean, look at what they're doing to Peter McCullough. You know, just trying to come after his license and everything. Well, we actually have um, a representative out here in Maui. Um, and his name is Dr. Lauren and I'm trying to remember his last name, but, um, he is, he has been targeted, uh, because he was prescribing ivermectin and he was like, but it works. And he gave them all these studies and he actually was a leading practitioner and led in the board as a leader. And he was under scrutiny and he is being attacked and about to lose a license. And that is actually why he created ties with Robert Malone, and that is exactly why Robert Malone came out here originally to Maui first, because he was standing up for him. And we all need to be talking about this because the attack that happens when you actually give proper medi like medicine, actual treatment, we don't talk about that enough. And it just blows my mind. It's like, oh, no, stay home, isolate, but come to me when you're on your deathbed. That's not that's not taking care of people. That's not caring for people. Are you even listening to their symptoms? That's why for me, I tell people, do not test. Stop testing. It's ridiculous. It has no point. And then two, what are your symptoms? What are your symptoms? Like, do you really have that? Do you have um, just the flu? Do you have the common cold? And even when you look up the coronavirus, it's like it's the common cold. So these variants that are being out there right now, um, I just always ask people what it is. 
And this is why I strongly encourage everyone to start taking care of their health. And this is something that they should have talked about from the get-go is talk about health. We're two years into this. If we start talking about working out, getting sun, losing weight, take care of your body, watch what you're eating. Can you imagine how many lives we would have saved at this point, two years into it? That's the part that just blows my mind. And they're like, oh, well, that takes a long time. Well, now we're two years into it. What could have taken a long time? You mean just taking care of yourself? I mean, it's a totally different person if you're working out. Can you imagine? And what do we see on TV? And, you know, from our, I I don't even like calling them politicians because they're like politicians, you know, to me. And I just look at them and, and I start seeing even the ones that kind of stand up for us and what kind of curve they take. And there's a couple of politicians that I look at and I'm like, wait, what happened to you? Who got to you? You know, <laughs> Dan Crenshaw, something to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. And even, even Andrea Chapiola, like she's, she's a natural immune person. Her whole family got COVID and no one's speaking about natural immunity either. I was going to bring that I'm up. So I'm glad, glad you did. Right. Right now the studies are coming out and I'm like, oh my gosh. And she spoke out and talked about natural immunity And then next thing you know, she's showing up at, you know, COVID sites. And I'm like, wait, what's going on here? And the biggest thing that I can tell people, if you're wanting to take action, start calling, find out who your district chair is, find out your precinct, start making phone calls. Why aren't you doing this? Start calling them out, asking them, hey, how can I be involved? How can you be involved? Get involved. Start holding these people accountable. Start writing them because they are ignoring us right now. And they are in their, um, they're there to serve us. Yes. And we need to hold them all accountable and we need to call them all out. High to low, call them all out. Oh, you that's... Know, no, no one left unturned. And if they're not responding to you, then they need to be replaced. And hey, if you're, if you, anyone out here is willing to take a role in any of that, let me know too, because I am, I'm starting to hold them more accountable and I'm thinking, oh, now what role can I play to serve my community? Because I do want to help the people. What can I do on a greater scale? And we need to start getting these people out. And I say right now there's 76 or 76 seats up for grabs right now in this election year. That is huge. And everyone can be putting the pressure on and anyone has a shot right now. So what I keep saying, there's so many different roles, even within your district, super small, um, treasury, uh, secretary, like there's just so many different parts. We need to start doing that more and we need to meet our neighbors. We need to start spreading the word and we need to hold these people accountable because they are criminals right now and they are not representing the people and they do not deserve where they're standing right now. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I made a note earlier when you were speaking that, you know, what you were talking about is, uh, sort of it goes around central planning the idea that they can sort of politicize their way out of it or politic their way out of this right and i said i just wrote down that central planning uh they and other institutions have engaged in has failed as always and the cost is immeasurable like we haven't even begun like when we talk about earlier about the masks and the environmental impact but also like the social impacts and like I have a, I have a little bit of a background in music. Um, I mentioned you all before, so I've stood next to a lot of loud speakers in my life. Um, it's not easy to understand people when they're wearing an N95 and standing behind a plexiglass, you know, standing in a plexiglass booth while I'm trying to buy a pack of gum. Like, I don't even know what to say to people. Like all the people that are hearing impaired, 
all the people that have anxieties, all the people that have claustrophobia, it, it affects so many people, this, this thing, just the masking alone, let alone the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the businesses that have suffered, um, the economic impact will, is starving yeah. children. It's literally starving children to death. And I, I really will say freedom of speech is your constitutional right, correct? Oh, so you should have 100%. the right to speak yes. with a mask over your face. Do people hear you? Are you having a hard time speaking? Absolutely. That's a violation of my constitutional right right there. That alone. And then let's talk about the children. I mean, there's oh. so many children who have their own issues or whatever is going on in their home life or they're introverted and they already have a hard time speaking. And then they're sitting in the back of the class and then they already have their mask on their face. And now they have just another hurdle going through. And when they're hearing the teachers, I can't hear this teacher. I had a hard time seeing for a bit in class and I had to sit in the front of the class. So I'm thinking about all these kids who might have certain hearing issues and then they have to sit in the front. And I want to struggle. Yeah, I wanted to chime in there and just say, Please, Jen, yeah. I was talking to a mother the other day and she was saying that, you know, someone asked her to put on the mask. Her kid didn't have on a mask and she said no. And then they tried to put a mask on her kid. Since when do we have the right to go up to people's children and tell them to put up on masks and start to apply masks on them? It's, it's so infuriating. I, I just, that's the one thing about you know, just knowing what I know about child development and socialization like just the, even the physical effects of having to wear something like that. They've talked about because of the shallow breathing that you breathe through your mouth instead of your nose, that it, it could lead to an elongation of your face and ear, nose and throat problems for the rest of your life. You know, we're, we're, we're now two years deep into this garbage and, and two years worth of development is a lifetime when you're in between the ages of like two, three and four, you know, and up. And, and when, especially when you're, you're, you're first forming, like what, is your face like the dental that mm-hmm. even like the dental side effects too like the uh t lab uh, has talked about this too the oral thrush and then oh, the, the 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 acne that people get gum. and other things yeah yeah um it's uh, funny that you say this i actually have a thing right in front of me because when it comes to it's uh hypercapnia carbon dioxide toxicity yes. is what you're talking about yep so the drowsiness the mild narcosis dizziness confusion headaches unconsciousness dim sight reduced hearing nosebleeds tooth decay and bleeding gums yep. shortness of breath muscular tremors increased heart rate and blood pressure and this is for children that we are doing to them for eight hours every single day. So blocking children's airways harms their growing and developing brains, teeth, heart, and lungs. If there is not more child abuse than that, I don't know what is. Oh, yeah. And and Jane, yeah. too, I, I just wanted to uh, pose this question to you as well. I mean, with the news this past week, and I, I talked to you about this privately, uh, we couldn't have picked a better week to kind of bring this topic up, to, to have just like a clear uh, a versus B, you know, if, if you will, because over in the UK this week, they've yeah. decided <laughs> we're done with this shit, you know, like uh, maybe not entirely, you know, there's, there's still, they're in plan A still. So there's always a, a plan Z they can get back to, I'm sure now, but you know, a, a place like Hawaii, like it's, it's a magical place for us to live in the Northeast where I'm from, like to be able to even get there and experience it is maybe a once in a lifetime thing, if never, and then you have all of all of the nature's wonders in one place, but then you also have all the modernity with it too. And and how is it to see a nation like the UK be able to do this 
but then have oh to turn God. around in the United States of America and then have to and have to deal with this bullshit still. Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about that. You know, one of the arguments I get for Hawaii having the mask mandate is that we have such a dense population. So let's compare the population of the UK to Hawaii. And UK has 700 people per square mile. And Hawaii has about 200 per square mile. So if the UK, which is also an island area, if they can get rid of the mask mandate, we can too. We have way less of a population density. They actually have three times more population density than us. So it's really amazing to see that news because it breaks through a lot of arguments. But of course, you send it to people that are sending you these arguments. And I said, you know, here's the data. And then they just ghost me and they never respond. Or they say, oh, I'm done with this conversation suddenly. And they they walk away. <laughs> wow. There's nothing more powerful than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's sophistry. It's really what it is. Like I, I, I call it medical Lysenkoism. I don't know if you're familiar with the term Lysenkoism. It's from the Soviet Union. And basically it was when the communists took over the farming. So they kicked out all the actual farmers and all the families that had farmed there for generations and then kicked out all the intelligentsia. And then they just had like random people take over farming. So you know what happened? Millions of people starved to death. And this is, it's just, yeah. it's central planning and farming. Now this is central planning and medicine. And lo and behold, millions of people are dying and not just from COVID, but from all the other side effects, the catastrophic side effects of all this, the rates of suicide and drug abuse. And the, we we're just talking about the effects on children. And just scrolling down, like I, I attached something to this week's source list too, uh, not to get too off topic, but it, it's from the Swiss Policy Research Center. I don't know if you all have ever heard of them, but they have one of the best collections of random control trials about masks. And I posted this earlier on, on my Instagram um, because they have nothing but a picture of Hawaii's COVID-19 cases. And when you all started the indoor and outdoor masking uh, mandates, and then right after the outdoor masking one starts, boom, all of the levels right around July 22nd of 20 and scooping all the way down to like uh, September 23rd of 20, there was a massive spike in cases after that. And I, I was asking and I tagged Bank of uh, Hawaii in this too. I'm like, where's the efficacy in these things? Like, do we, I mean, I, I'm with you 100% on Liberty argument. Like, I don't care if they make me wear a, a, a lobster bib or a, a hat that has like a chick, like a rooster comb on it to go into the bank. Like, if I don't want to do that, I'm not doing that. But if, especially when it's scientifically like stupid, if not harmful, if there's risk involved, the same with these injections too, I, I'm out. Like, you, you can't rope me into that. There's no coercion happening. I'm dying on that hill. And it sounds like you are too, probably, but I just wanted your take on that. Like, what is, where is the efficacy supposed to be in this garbage? Yeah. And, you know, the UK government, speaking of the UK, they were just admitting that the vaccines aren't as mm -hmm. efficacious as we thought they were. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like you're, it's like you said, we're talking to robots. I don't know what it's going to take for them to hear us, but the data is just stacking up. More and more comes out every day. And, the sad thing is, is a lot of us have known it for years, Yes, but I don't know what it's going to take for these people to, you know, hear us. It, it really is like talking to a robot. I was talking to, you know, Pastor Romel. He went to Bank of Hawaii 
twice this week. And he said he went the first day and he talked about his rights. They serviced him outside and all that. And then he went back the second day. It was the same exact person. And he had to have the same exact conversation. He's like, didn't we just do this yesterday? I don't understand what's going on. So that's literally what we're dealing with, having the same conversation with the same people over and over again. And they're just they're They won't even give you an inch, I think, because Mm -hmm. they're so stuck in this mind control. I don't know what else to call it. It's almost like a religion. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that last last week we talked about it, too, like in the connections to religion, because we talked about the Templeton Prize. And how they give out the Templeton Prize, which I don't know if you've ever heard of, because I wasn't really familiar with it before I researched it. But basically what it is, is that it's an award given to uh, people for their work in both science and religion. And guess who won it in 2020? I'll, get, I'll, give, I'll give you a couple guesses. See if you can guess who won the Templeton Prize in 2020. Francis oh, Collins, <laughs> Francis Collins from the end. I couldn't hold anymore. Francis like, freaking like, Collins. Was actually guess or I thought you were going to have us pick. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but th- th- it's hard to do multiple choice on a podcast. But um, I was just going to say, like, it blew my mind, right? That of all the years in the, in, in the history of the earth, the one that we have like this, this catastrophic pandemic they give the most highly prized, like when it comes to monetary prize, like the person, John C. Templeton that designed this Templeton prize thing, he wanted it to be more prestigious than the Nobel prize. So the Nobel prize, when you win it, you get a bunch of money. Well, you actually get the most money of any prize like that at all when you win that prize and freaking Francis Collins won it in all the years, but 2020. And then I scroll down and I'm looking at a couple of the other winners and there's like the 14th Dalai Lama and Jane Goodall and Desmond Tutu on there. Like people that, you know, you can't hate on them too much. Right. And then I saw, I see this one, it's this guy named Albert Peacock. And for whatever reason I click on it and then I see a picture of no, no, none other than Prince Philip from the UK Royal family. So you didn't have to go far there to lead back to Prince Andrew and uh, Jeffrey Epstein with our little game that we played there. Yeah, that was only three there, right? But um, it's just one of those things like, but the whole entire thing, getting back to my point though about the award is, is that the award is given because it blend, they're they're trying that the, the Templeton Society is trying to blend science and religion. No. <laughs> Can we not do well, that? Yes. Please. That's what science is nowadays. It's a religion. Scientism. They, Absolutely. Yeah, they just, I, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. And when you're dealing with like really, it's, I, I listen to some people um, out there that have been part of like uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and, and things like that and how they've escaped. I've listened to Leah Remini on Joe Rogan talk about her escape from Scientology and things like that. And just like all this stuff now yeah. is like you're dealing with people that are are in a cult they're literally in a cult you can show them anything like you can show them a clip of michael michael osterholm that tucker carlson had on his show a clip from it that tucker carlson had on last night this michael osterholm is biden's what chief advisor like on covid and he came out on tv on cnn and said uh masks don't work and we've known that they don't work since like last april And then you have Leanna Wen come on and say that, well, they haven't worked for any of the variants. So I'm like, what are we doing this for? Like, is it just, is it compliance just to force it on us, just to get us to, to break our will? Is it like breaking it's an animal? Yes. It's it, there. It's 
basically pushing an agenda, demoralization, pushing a fear, pushing a lie and seeing how compliant people are. Yeah. And that is the scary part because it's a conditioning to getting people used to a certain something covering their face. And that's just this, that's step one again. Oh, look at all these people. Our own governor and mayor have blatantly said out loud, oh, we love how compliant Hawaii is. Like, as a matter of fact, look, people are still wearing masks outside. It's not even required, but look at them. Oh, your mayor's they a real piece of work out there. right there, Sheik. <laughs> oh. They are literally telling you and calling you out for your stupidity right there. And if you do not see that and they are like, wow, we did so good and conditioning these people that they are outside by themselves or driving in a car by themselves, wearing a mask. <sighs> That's oh the time God. of the day I, I really want to have less oxygen in my system is when I'm driving at high speeds, you know? <laughs> yeah, at the protest, we would have people, you know, wearing the mask, just giving us the finger. And we're like, whoa, there they go. Yeah, <laughs> well, the and not only that, though, but I will say I've had people like come at me. And then all of a sudden their masks come down as they're screaming at me. I was like, but now you have your mask off. What's happening? Oh, you better put your mask. You don't want to get sick. You don't want this. Like, you know, auntie who's coming up to me and trying to school me. I'm like, oh, but you're now within two feet of me. What happened to the six foot rule? Like, why are you close right. to me? Like, what happened to these boundaries? You keep talking about this. Why are you in my space now? And if you're so scared then why are you even more in my space? In like, Germany, they're running around with rulers and... right now. That literally like yardsticks, they're running around with like six foot sticks to make oh, sure I that people that. are socially distanced. <laughs> Which <laughs> uh, Scott Alice man. came on and said was all arbitrary and bullshit to begin with. They tried 10 and everybody was like, oh, that's just not going to work. If you looked at like the schematics yeah. of buildings, how, how are people going to be able to go true. in and out of buildings even? <laughs> I, I do want to say, though, that there is more than the UK. And I do want to touch on this because I am yeah. all about wins and okay. I want to give praise to all the wins. And yes, we are speaking absolutely. about the UK and I love the UK. But Czechoslovakia yes. also came out the same day. And I do also want to say Scotland, Bolivia, they're done with all the mandates. So I want to give credit to those. We need to give credit also to places that are staying resilient and um, today, well, I think it was yesterday, Starbucks came out and it doesn't matter if you're a fan or not. I do not care. They still, um, have millions of workers. And I think that people need to understand how many people staff them. So it is actually a very big deal. And also Virginia schools yes. have ended their mandates. So this is also a huge win. And I always, I try and track all the wins because as much as we get discouraged, um, I want us to stay like focused on all the good and, with that being said, I am going to tie in a little bit of darkness because Austria right now is pretty much the first country oh. in all of the world that is now mandating 18 years and up to get vaccinated all adults. This is the first country to do so. Austria has been awful. We already know Australia. Oh, um, man, yeah. But I just want to put these people on the map. I don't know if it's been discussed previously, but I do want to give um, awareness to this and everyone shed light. And I also want to say why these certain mandates are ending in these areas that they are and the successes is civil disobedience. Indeed. Everyone is rising in the streets, hundreds of thousands of people. And this is not being shown on mainstream media. I hear this left and right, which blows my, my mind. 
because there is nothing more greater than people standing up for their own rights. And we try and silence them and censor them. But it is happening, you guys. And that is why on these islands, stop staying indoors. When we have rallies, when we have things going on, we need everybody. And there's a reason why we need everybody, because there is a huge wave and a difference. And at one point, we had 5,000 people in the streets. We cannot lose that momentum. And right now, with the civil disobedience is where I'm kind of going with, because I'm seeing it more and more in New York, but I also see their numbers just rising up. I see San Diego is doing beautiful things right now um, and representing. And, you know, then I look at LA and I'm just like, wow, the segregation of the children and literally putting a barrier of a tape, you know? I mean, you guys, we're teaching our kids that segregation is okay right now. We are teaching adults that, you know what? It's okay because they're selfish. They're the cause. Oh, you know, it's, it's the plague of pretty much the, you know, unvaccinated. It's like, no. And if we have to start looking at other countries and we are living example of following the lead of Israel and Israel's on their fourth booster and we need to bring attention to that. So everyone wants to stay so focused on their state sometimes, their city, um, even their country. But we need to expand our minds and really seeing and comparing. And there are great websites. And um, I will provide that also to you guys, too. But at the same time, it's just we need to be looking at this world data that's updated on a regular basis and why it's going down in certain countries and the comparisons. And we need to start talking about natural immunity because it's it's crazy. There's a reason why on your vaccination card, like even when you go to a school, why on, I just had a conversation and I didn't even think about this, but literally today I had a conversation why I've had chicken pox. So I didn't have the chicken pox vaccine because I got chicken pox. So it states that. That's how strong natural immunity is. I didn't have to have a vaccine because I got the actual virus. So why are we not speaking of that? And why is this so different? Um, There's something stronger going on and we need to really analyze it on a different level and really question it. And it is okay to ask questions and it is okay to not feel comfortable. And you still need to not comply if you do not feel comfortable doing so. Priya, I wanted to ask you a question. You know, this is uh, going all over the world. And I think one of the biggest fears about coming to Hawaii is this whole safe travels program where you have to do that. And can you just share a little bit, Priya? One of the few people that I know that has fought against this. Yeah. So I love to talk about this. So I kind of like, like I said, we like to be guinea pigs. Um, So Ryan Luther and I are kind of guinea pigs in this whole thing. Um, (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to test and I'm not going to sign an agreement saying I'm going to do the safe travels and I'm not going to quarantine. I'm just not. So, um, through the affidavit process, through pastor junior stuff, I have my rights on me. Um, I knew what to say. And these are key things. I basically went through, I talked to a staff, staff then called the head staff. Then I said, okay, get me um, the sheriff. So you guys, sheriffs are different than police officers. Their jurisdiction is the airports. And I need to be very clear on this. Sheriffs do not have body cameras. so You can't tell them to put their body cameras on. And if I didn't mention this earlier, always ask police to put their body cameras on and keep them on at all times. Yes. Um, This is for your legal protection. 
So they do not. So I recommend you start recording immediately. The sheriffs came over. They came in hot. Two came at first and basically started putting the gloves on, talking about arresting me. I was like, arrest me for what? For what? And then we started talking. And then four more sheriffs came over. So I have six on one right now. And they put me kind of in this corner. And I read off my rights. Because again, you guys, reading your rights, even if you don't memorize them, it's okay. You can still read them and you still have every right. You guys, your freedom of speech is still there and you have every right to speak and they do not have the right to silence you. So keep that in mind. So I read off my rights and they still were like, okay, well, we're, you know, sometimes you can get away with stuff. You can be a nuisance and they can escort you out. This has happened before. I'm not the, not the only one there are, I've heard two other stories. So, um, but they chose to basically keep me in the corner. You're going to have staff laugh at you. You're going to have people say certain things. It doesn't matter. So what they wound up doing, I didn't give them any information. At one point, they asked for my ID. I did give them a passport that does not have my address. I do not recommend ever giving your address. Make them fight for it. You know, they're getting paid for their time. You're not. If you have the time, if you want to get through the process faster, give them your address. They're going to verify it. I don't recommend giving your um, your driver's license if you can uh, avoid that. Anyway, so what wound up happening is they created a fake email address for me. They entered me in the safe access program. And I still said, you know, I'm not complying. I don't want to do this. I refuse to quarantine. I refuse to test. And they're like, well, that's the law. Well, what wound up happening is, uh, to keep the long story short, because it was a 45-minute process, was... They gave me everything. I wound up leaving in this paperwork and I couldn't even access the site because it's a fake, uh, it's a fake email address. I actually called 911. I'm like, I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? They sent me to another number. And because again, I'm trying to test the process out. So I test the process out. And next thing you know, they wound up hanging up on me, the management of the place, because I started reading off my rights because you guys, I never signed. I signed under duress with an X. I never sign my name. That is the key thing. You never sign your name because you are under coercion at that point. You are not consenting. So therefore you're under duress. Key word under duress. I signed with an X. You will have to enter in your name, but you do not have to sign your name and always put an X and under duress. And you guys, I did not quarantine. I actually did my master's shopping that night and I dealt with 16 officers that night after dealing with six sheriffs that day and no one checked in on me. No one harassed me. Nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. And I lived my life. So the people who are having to get these boosters, um, or if you're fearful of leaving the islands and then coming back, you do not have to quarantine and you don't need that booster. And I can help you in that process. You should follow that process. But if you are staying in a hotel and visiting, I will say that can be a problem because it's the hotels that narc on um, the actual people visiting. And I, I wish I could help them as much, but there's other people kind of at play. This is also why I say, don't always give a certain address. You can give a different address though. If you fly in and you don't show them your actual ID and show them a passport, this is a way to play around it. You could say, no, I live here. Give another address. Literally, they made me call someone to verify my address. I text the person and said, this is my address. <laughs> And they verified it. It was the most ridiculous process I've ever seen. Gotta think on your feet. (laughs) Gotta think on your feet. Oh, yeah. So those are just some tips. Um, And again, the sheriffs here are not, um, 
they have not sworn an oath. They have been selected and they are lawless and they do not care about your rights, but you can still talk to them and you can still serve them as well. Um, Oku is the head sheriff and I've already served him. And so technically at the same time, we're creating this umbrella to hold these people accountable. So again, speak of them, know who this head sheriff is, be like, oh, you know, Oku, I've already served him papers. Like you're going to see their eyes kind of bug out a bit because you know, and when you start speaking of your rights and when you start speaking about stuff, certain cops are going to listen, you know, and it's kind of, it's, it's actually nice to see when certain cops actually listen. And then when certain cops, you can see that they just do not care, you know? Um, but it, that's not the point. The point is, is to just educate the ones who are willing to hear. And that's kind of where we're at right now as a whole. Yeah. And speaking of cops that don't care, I just want to share a pretty bad story that happened last week to my friend, Ka'iulani Bowers. She said it was okay mm -hmm. if I shared her name. Yeah. She's a lifeguard in Hawaii. And she was the first lifeguard to do the religious exemption because they were threatening to fire her for not getting the vaccine. So she led a movement there. And she went to Long's in Kahala Mall and they arrested her. And during the arresting process, they had her handcuffed. She obviously didn't want to wear the mask because of her religious exemption. And they forced her to put on a mask and then they put her in the cop car and took her to jail. That's unbelievable. I, was that the video that was on uh, Priya? Was that was that the one that was on your yeah, Instagram so, earlier? Yeah. So um, so I met her at affidavit class and this is where we have a safe haven, creating a family like kind of experience and also like minded individuals um, that can gather and learn their rights. This is exactly what happened. And that is the video that I have on my page because she called Ryan Luther and I am so grateful that he gave her his number during that time. I always say everything happens for a reason. Um, and I live right next to Kahala Mall. And I was actually on the phone with my flight because I'm supposed to be going to Maui this weekend for their freedom um, event and speaking. And so is Ryan. And I was, I was on the phone with them and Ryan's messaging me and he sent me a voice recording and I was like, what's going on? And I, the minute I got off the phone, I listened to it and I was like, whoa. And I ran over there. He was headed over there. Um, and this is kind of the community that we're talking about of creating the support system, right? Because this is why it's so important that you guys start getting engaged, getting to know everyone, and then also shopping with someone or going to a place because that way you're not alone. I showed up right as she was getting arrested. Um, I was super confused why she was in the cop car. The cop basically took off super fast. I barely got any information from her and they were trying to tell me, Oh, take down um, the address of where we're taking her to. And I'm like, but, and then there's a conversation I have with that fellow police officer. And I was like, but afterwards I was like, you're kidnapping her. She didn't do anything wrong. And it, Ryan showed up right after, um, I did. And then we both spoke to the head of security. We both spoke to, we had a Sergeant come. And that's another thing you guys, most um, lower level cops, they have stripes on their arms and we need to be aware of those because when you speak to lower level, unfortunately, they're kind of the guinea pigs and a lot of the um, sergeants will put them in the forefront to kind of deal with the dirty work. That's not who you want to speak to. You want to speak to the higher ups. And um, this has kind of been an ongoing thing. Honolulu Hale, I stood in front of a line of officers who were denying us access to go see Christmas trees and the sergeants are all hiding in the background. And I start calling out the sergeants and they silenced all the people who were like, you know, who had their one stripe or no, you know what I'm saying? And um, 
those are not the people that we want to speak to because they actually really don't know they're newbies. And so you're going to see this cowardness. And I was shocked. I was appalled and I was upset. It's the first time I've heard of an arrest um, from someone in quite some time, actually, since the emergency orders in the very beginning, the first year kind of came out. Um, and the fact that they arrested her for um, they, it was an illegal arrest and they did kidnap her and they charged her with trespassing. Um, what was it? Trespassing. Oh, second degree, which is actually a minor offense. Um, and again, it's a five hundred dollar fine if she gets convicted. And it's also one month in jail. And those I want everyone to know this kind of stuff. And it costs one hundred dollars cash to bail her out. And everyone, what I say is never go in with your ID if you're going to shop. Don't bring it. Don't pay with card. Pay with cash and always carry $100 on you in cash because you can actually bail yourself out here with wow. that money. And that's something to just think about when you go shopping by yourself. These are things I'm trying to educate people. Um, but again, letting someone know, hey, if you don't hear from me by this time, I might be in jail. I let my roommate know this sometimes. I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this. If you don't hear from me, I'm probably in jail. So just be aware of this. And I am so grateful that we were all able to be there. Sorry, there's a helicopter above. Um, but I'm so grateful that we had contact, that we were able to get her out immediately. And that's the whole thing, you guys. This is going to be thrown out. Like, I, there's nothing in my body that says it's not. But this is what they try and do is give you a trespassing charge. This is what they say. And again, this is why you, knowing your U.S. civil rights is so important. And I give this information out. But again, when you are super compliant and all you're trying to do is be service, they actually stopped her speech. They stopped her from being able to talk. And they could not give her the code of law. And that's the other thing, you guys, there is no code of law she's violating yeah, at all. These mandates aren't laws. You, these edicts are not exactly. laws. Mandates are not law. And again, people have to understand, they're like, oh, well, mandates are like law. They No, they've never passed legislation. And again, you cannot discriminate. And, you, and, and I asked them, I was like, did anyone ask, uh, was she exempt? And even though she stated it, it's like, what do you mean? It's even in the orders. And not only that, but after I went off, like Luther's going off, I'm going off. We, we kind of bounce off each other, but we're trying to be super respectful, but educate them. But the manager I went off on and basically educated him at the end of it, you know what he told me? I could shop massless. <laughs> He's got things to do. And I was like, really? But my friend just got arrested. I was livid. Completely and I arbitrary. It documented. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And there's a reason why we document this, guys, is to show how hypocritical yes. and how stupid these rules that they claim and these CDC guidelines or whatever their their whole mentality is, because it's all subjective. It all depends on the person. And that's just that's crazy to me. Yeah, it, yeah. it does. Definitely sophistry, man. I uh, Jane, did you have any other stories that you wanted to add before I started giving some final thoughts here on the episode and stuff? And I wanted to allow you both to give some final thoughts too. Oh my gosh. There'll be so many more stories. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough for today. What do you think, Bria? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been doing this. I've been doing masses for a long time. So yeah, we could save that for another one. <laughs> All right. See, I, and that's awesome. That 
that's the kind of thing where I, I'm really, man, and, and I know I shouldn't be. That, that I, I say this to John Henry all the time that I, I shouldn't be shocked anymore, really. Like when something, like when the CDC just completely bungles something or finally comes out with numbers and says stuff that we've known, like we've known at least for a year, if not more, it's almost like being from the future, right? Like it's, it's like trying to explain to people like, no, you don't understand. Like six months from now, they're going to come out and say masks are bullshit. <laughs> like They just don't believe you at the time. But then six months later, you're like pointing at the TV, like doing the John Luke Picard, like holding your hand out. Like, what is this? <laughs> you know, where, where were you people? And, uh, yeah, just to wrap it up and give some final thoughts on the episode and everything. Um, today, um, not to be too blackpilling with it, but I, I looked back about a year ago and watched the video. I don't know if you ladies saw this. Uh, it made national news, um, at least in the 48 here. Um, but it was a 65-year-old lady in Galveston, Texas. Of all the states, too, you think of like, you know, Greg Abbott's been... Uh, Okay, you know, he hasn't been Ron DeSantis, but he's been all right on the COVID stuff, right? And it, you, you think of a place like Texas, you're not going to see this. Well, this 65-year-old lady in Galveston, Texas, was violently arrested for not wearing a mask in a bank. And it was a very similar story, and it kind of it connects to what you're dealing with, because they threw this lady on the ground and basically beat her all up. Like, I think she had a broken rib or something like that after the whole exchange. I'd have to look into like what the extent of her, her injuries were, but this is the kind of like stuff when you're dealing with people, what you talked about before with dealing with all the different policemen. I don't know if you all are familiar with the Stanford prison experiment at all. And just yeah. like elevating mm -hmm. people of low social status, um, to, to levels of authority and how their likelihood to abuse that authority because of it. Like it's just it's stuff that we should know by now as a society, as in a culture. But you, I also believe that they keep that sort of knowledge from the common people, so they can continue to be manipulated. But that's just me. But you know, just to kind of wrap up my thoughts on that though, is that you know, we're in a place now where we're still threatening to arrest people for shopping without a piece of cloth on their face when we have a virus that's spread by aerosols. That makes no goddamn sense. And no, also, it's not Ebola. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing. The <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable um, over like over exaggeration about the risks. I even wrote down, I said the complete denial, and you already touched upon this because uh, so many of the things I was going to bring up that I thought they would be like, oh, I wonder if they know about this. Like you already laid it out. So I didn't even have to go into it. But the, the complete denial of natural immunity, the myth of mm. asymptomatic spread because the studies on asymptomatic spread are basically like, yeah, if you're not really feeling sick, you're probably not sick. And the dangerous <laughs> reductionist arguments about risk. It's just like, man, if there is a risk, it's just like every time you go into the bank, you should be wearing a beekeeper suit too if you're allergic to bees, right? Because there might be a bee in there. Maybe some, maybe <laughs> inside of somebody's safe you know, deposit box, they're going to open up the safe deposit box, out flies the bee, it hits you in the neck and boom, it's donezo. You know, like it's unbelievable. Like what level of risk do we need to get to, especially with the Omnicon uh, variant at this point? Like what, what, what does it have to be? Like 0 0.00000001? And, and then like people don't even understand the absolute risk reduction of taking these injections where it might reduce that to 0.00000001. You know, like it's just, who cares <laughs> mm -hmm. at that point? 
Like it's immaterial. It doesn't even matter. It's like a blade of grass. And then they take those like point zero 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 one, and they're like, "Oh, it's oh. sixteen times more likely." But you're like, "No, oh, they but always it's use that." Yeah. Zero 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 one. How I to mean, manipulate numbers? Touching on yeah. numbers, mm-hmm. touching on numbers really quick. I mean, children alone. When we want to speak about children, ninety nine point nine 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 six percent. Yes. Survival rate against this. I mean, really. And then we talk about the risks of myocarditis and everything else. And, you know, we didn't even touch on that, but I'm just going to say, I will take the risk of being um, unjabbed any day over the risk of the side effects, because the side effects are way greater than the risk of true harm coming to me or death based on this uh, virus. You know, I just wanted to state that really well, quick. I'm going to spoil the surprise for our listeners number. that are going to hear this tomorrow that uh, I'm also going to be having on my buddy TJ Wright to talk about all that because with the latest Joe Rogan kerfuffle that happened and like the <laughs> 200 billion scientists that are all rallying against him now for his COVID misinformation, we decided to do an episode based on myocarditis and its effects, <laughs> particularly on young men and athletes too. Uh, that we're seeing across the globe. And uh, I don't know if you ladies saw what happened over in the Australian Open with uh, um, the one tennis player, uh, what is it, Javordak? I can't even say his name. Uh, Javordak or something like that, yes. But uh, there were several other tennis players that had to sit out in the Australian Open because they were clutching their chests. I wonder why. And the ball Hmm. girl, she collapsed on the court. They had to drag her out. The ball, they took out the ball girl too? Was it called Vaxfest, I think? And oh, man. I don't know. There was some funny tagline I saw where it said Vaxfest. Oh. Girl collapses because of the Vax. Oh, yeah. It's not normal. It's not okay. And that's kind of the major issue. And people think that they're safe, but people forget that there's different levels of um, these ingredients that we need to be aware of. And you could have gotten a placebo And you need to understand that what's being injected in your arm. That's why some people, no joke, you guys, there are some people that can put that magnet up there. And I have gotten word actually in the Philippines that they are now actually doing a scan check on people's arms. Now, I'm waiting for a video because I hate doing hearsay anything. Yes. And I have a friend in the Philippines and then, um, but I have just, this is coming from a nurse who is wow. active in this whole movement and she is traveling all over. And she gave me this information today. I was like, okay, we need to get video of this. And then I contacted my friend in the Philippines because the truth is we need to understand what's being injected in our bodies. And I find it very interesting of in what people call COVID um, and the acronym of COVID. And that's just, I'm going to just throw that out there. I won't go into detail too much about it because I know that we're closing, yeah. but Maybe that could be a topic later. Oh, but man. We need to understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I cannot wait to send you uh, the episode after we complete it tomorrow. I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I know you're a busy woman. You got a lot of stuff to do, but I'm going to make sure that um, now that we have some contact information yeah. for each other. That I, and I, I just want to say thank you because we've been trying so hard to just spread the word about Hawaii. I know we're a smaller state and we're out in the middle of the Pacific, but these atrocities that are happening here, they need to be heard. And we're so happy to be on this podcast. Well, no, you're very oh. welcome. And, and, and 
I just wanted to say just to kind of wrap up, um, you know, for today, because we I think we plan on doing an hour, but we're close to two because uh, I, I just oh. I wasn't ready for you all. Like I didn't really like you were <laughs> the most well researched, like off the cuff too. like, I don't know if you're sitting there with like a book or something, but like you got this down and like I, you could write a book. And, and I think that it's worthy of that. It really is. Um, and also because of my terrible pronunciation, sorry, because I know he stood up for it and deserves the praise. Novak Djokovic, you people that put mm. your two consonants together and your last name, though, <laughs> it makes it tough. All right. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to say in, in closing, like it, it was an honor to have you both because of just your level of preparedness, um, your willingness to engage um, in, in this fight. And you call yourself freedom fighters. Um, I, I don't see any way that 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 name does not fit you. Um, and I, I just wanted to, to give you props on that and big ups to everybody that that's part of your group that helps support what you all are doing out there. And I will say from a, a guy from the Northeast where it's cold and snowing, um, you know, this week, uh, the time that I got to spend in Hawaii was magical for me. Um, it, it was, it was a crazy time. Um, uh, I did get stung by urchins while surfing and that sucked. Um, <laughs> There, there's a whole deal that John Henry could tell you all about, which I'm sure he'd love to get into with you all about my time out there. But um, I hope you use some vinegar. vinegar. Oh, we, <laughs> we went to Walmart and bought the vinegar because, uh, okay, so You're just making sure just to make John Henry happy because he's going to be so happy hearing me tell this story to people. Um, so we get there and it's our first day there. Right. And I was so stoked to like wake up early and go surfing. That's all I wanted to do. And we had, we had gone to the gym and trained. Like I was, I was just physically ready, you know, and we, we rent, we rent some surfboards, like some longboards, uh, from a guy on Waikiki beach. And he's just, uh, I asked, I even asked him, I was like, I was cautious about it. Cause I, I knew from watching surf videos and other things and just being aware, you know, of my surroundings, like, you know, you can't just go out anywhere. Right. So I was like, yeah, you can just, he's like, yeah, just go, go out right here. So we're paddling out. And all of a sudden, like the the bottom of my board, you know, the skags or whatever, they start getting caught like on the on the coral there, which really pissed me off because you're not supposed to mess with coral, right? And you're not supposed to touch mm -hmm. it and anything else. So I'm stuck though. Like I'm just sitting on my board and I'm stuck on this coral. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to push off of it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to mess with it, but I'm stuck on it. So here it goes. I stick my hands down in the water to push off the coral just like a whole gang of urchins are just chilling at the top of the coral. <laughs> so I pull my hand out and now, <laughs> you know, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Right. So I pull my hand out and there's just like a bunch of like big, you know, black big pens sticking out of my hand. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. And, and then I, so I'm, I'm sitting up on my board and then a wave hits me and then I get pushed into the coral more with my feet in the water. So they're in my feet now too. Now, John Henry <laughs> is 6'8 oh, no. and like 290. So he he has a bigger stride than I do. So he's like out in the middle of the ocean practically compared to where I'm at. And I'm trying to scream at him. And you all know that like sound doesn't carry the same way out there too. So like I'm screaming like, urchins, urchins, dude. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, urchins. And then all of a sudden, all that anaphylactic shock from them hits me. And I meet, like I had the most wonderful Hawaiian breakfast. Like I had the, was like the poi and the ham and the fish and all the great and the pineapple, you know, the stuff that you just dream of, you know, they were the whole flight of, of surviving on peanuts and a protein bar to get there. And then we finally get there. And then like, I get to eat this wonderful breakfast 
And then that all hits me. So I immediately get sick. And then I paddle out to him still with all these barbs stuck in me. And then luckily for me, a, a really friendly, friendly local uh, guy that was also surfing, you know, paddles up and goes, Boya, what's wrong? And I show him. He's like, oh, and then he goes, don't pee on it. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, I got you. He's like, get some vinegar and pour that on there and you'll be all right. But then I had like the little purple ink tattoos in me for the rest of the week. So everybody could see how stupid I am and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that was that was my the first rite of passage. Surfing. I oh, mean, yeah. every tourist, if you if you don't get hurt, you're not doing it right. Oh, 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 trust me, I did it right <laughs> on that trip. That's only the first time I got hurt on the trip. I'll just I'll leave it at that. I, <laughs> Maybe we'll go into more in another say, episode. I do always say it means it, if you're having a good time, you either hurt yourself or lose something. So oh. kudos to you. Oh, I mean, well. I just I'd rather actually hurt myself. That's usually the route I go to. So, yeah, yeah you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's he's gonna he's gonna love that. But um, and I was just gonna get into the fact that you know just to, just to wrap up the thing that we've been talking about though is that you know we we see our, our allies in the UK you know drop all these restrictions and like we talked about and then all of a sudden we see President Pudding Pants as we call him here order four hundred million masks to be sent out to people. I think everybody gets like three. So what that lasts like a day and a half if you go by the <laughs> typical rate that they're soiled or something. Like that's our money. That's our money that they're just giving away to whoever 3M or whatever these companies are. But then also Mm -hmm. like all of this to me, and you talked about it with the policing uh, Priya and everything is that this gives them like a probable cause to treat you like a prisoner, Mm -hmm. you know, our namesake here. And, And that's the thing. Like if you're always given the security state or the, you know, the biosecurity state, whatever you want to call it now, you're always giving them probable cause because every time your mask slips down below your nose or every time you're not standing six feet apart, they have a they have a, a, a purpose now, a, a means to stick the inject themselves into the situation, these people. And I, it goes back to collective rights and individual rights, too. And just like how we have these groups and these entities and these institutions, uh, anything from the World Economic Forum down to you know, the, the local bank, the Bank of Hawaii, um, they have they claim that they have rights, but the, their rights are collective rights. They do not supersede our individual inherent mm-hmm. human rights. Um, I, I consider myself a liberty lover. I'm not like a big L libertarian or anything, but I will say there's a lot on the libertarian side that sort of fall on the side of, oh, they're a private company. They can make you do anything. Well, no. No, they can't. They can't violate your inherent human rights. And that should never mm-hmm. be the basis Are of any in, capitalistic system or any other. Inalienable, inalienable rights. Absolutely. Inalienable rights. Key term, you know, we try and teach this this language and it is our inalienable rights. We cannot forget that. And I yes. love that you're saying that right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, and that's, and that's really where I, I kind of want to leave it with that and let you ladies kind of wrap up with your final thoughts on this whole deal. Like w- what... You, you've gone through your story. You've you've given us examples and everything else. But like uh, any any final um, thoughts or just you know please or anything that you want to say to to the audience before we wrap up today, uh, Jane, if you want to go first or whomever. Yeah, you know I'm really focused on this Bank of Hawaii effort, and so if anyone is willing to call them and complain about this discrimination, this harassment, please do so. We have people visiting the bank just today. Someone was visiting without a mask and they got the cops called on them. So this is an active situation in Hawaii and we want to hit them where it hurts. We want to threaten them to take out our money and the bank. That's their business. So 
We're collectively organizing. We will be going to other businesses in the future. And that's what I'm focused on. So please join us. Okay. And, and Priya, so did you for, oh, go ahead? Yeah. So I do. Um, my biggest thing is, you know, stop complying. Yes. Rise up. Find your little family and create this unity and know that you are not alone and that we stand with you and that we need to end this madness. And the only way to do it is through civil disobedience and education. So the biggest thing to do is know your rights 100% nonstop. And again, you guys attend affidavit classes, be a part of the community, get to meet people because you are not alone. And once you learn these rights and once you learn the language, it is the most empowering, most powerful thing that you can possibly do. If I can stand strong with my fellow, you know, freedom fighters and we can get 16 officers to back down and we still shop exercising our rights, there is nothing greater than that. So again, I just say, Educate yourselves. And again, you guys, stop complying. And silence is compliant. So we do need you guys. Even if you're vaccinated, I say jab, whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. You guys know discrimination is still discrimination. And what's happening right now is you can still align with your brothers and sisters. And we can agree to disagree on what we inject in our bodies. But you know the discrimination and segregation right now that's happening is on a greater scale. And you can be a part of that. And you can still stand strong. And we need people on all sides. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I Okay. So just uh, I want to give you ladies an opportunity. Do you want to leave any information as to where people can uh, contact you all or get involved in what you're doing? Yeah, people can reach out to me on Instagram. It's Jane Blue with two E's at the end. So J-A-N-E-B-L-U-E-E. Feel free to message me and connect anyone on Oahu, especially. But we also have connections on other islands so we can get you links up there. Just reach out and let us know how you want to be involved. Awesome. And so I do also say Instagram and I also do Facebook. So I keep my Facebook private, but I have a lot of things public. My Instagram is open to the public and I'm going to warn you, I'm absolutely shadow banned. So I come with a warning. <laughs> so you have to type it in absolutely correct. So I am M-Y underscore H-I-L-I-F-E underscore E-Y-E-S, which is my underscore high life eyes. And basically also on Facebook, I am Priya. Jessica. So P-R-I-Y-A face Jessica. And if again, I am under kind of, um, I don't know how the search goes on Facebook, but just understand I am shadow banned. So if I come oh, with we are mornings, too. if I come with everything, you're on the right page is what I was going to say. Yep, we're the right over page. the mark, right? <laughs> That's how you know how, when they yeah. start warning you. Yeah. Yeah. You go from like 300 likes and view down to like two and you're like, oh, there it is. Oh, oh yeah. So my stories were getting like 500 views and I'm under 50. I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you have the These trolls companies. questioning your legitimacy. Well, she's only getting eight likes. And I was like, yeah, I'm shadow banned. I, 
And you guys, I do have on my description, I am shadow banned to give people a heads up because I'm like, oh, just, you know, just to let you know. <laughs> well, we are also on Minds here at The New Prisoners. That's M-I-N-D-S. And uh, that is a free speech platform. And after tonight's appearance on Timcast IRL, uh, with Andrew Torba there from Gab, I, I'm convinced that I might start up a Gab account too, just to have something else as a backup for when we finally do get kicked off of Instagram and Twitter and all these other places. Because it just seems like any more like with the information that came out from uh, Del Bigtree's ICANN Informed uh, co- uh, Consent Action Network, I believe, ICANN, um, they, ha- I guess, had a FOIA or request that got released that Facebook is partnered with Pfizer to help um, promote vaccine awareness in people. So yeah, anything Facebook or meta related. And then uh, of course our YouTube uh, warning that we got this past week too, should show everybody that these, these conglomerates, these big tech platforms are not our friends. Um, They should just be used purely uh, to help subvert them and what they're trying to do to us. That, that's their only use for me anymore. But um, yeah, I really appreciate you ladies coming on and talking about all this stuff. And I'm glad that you're experiencing a lot of the same things online that I am too. So I know I'm not crazy when I'm shadow banned. But um, yeah, and I'll, I'll just uh, kind of leave it there. Um, so everybody in the audience, um, get with these ladies to help join in the cause, especially if you're out on the islands there in Hawaii anywhere. And um, as I always say, until we meet again and until we are free, We are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to the new prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topic on our minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us. Please feel free to share your own sources with us and to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. And if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming show, please email the new prisoner number six at protonmail.com. Tell us what topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can choose to appear anonymously if you like. Demand answers not orders. We are the new prisoners.